You found the Love Fly podcast. I'm Paul Tizard, fear of flying coach. I've been helping nervous flyers since 1997. And in this podcast, you will find aviation experts, enthusiasts, and also people just like you that have beaten their fears. A massive welcome to you and thank you so much for listening. Welcome, Stacey Vernis. We are talking about uh, safety, we're talking about flying, and Stacey was on the Love Fly Facebook group and uh, spotted you, and you put a couple of helpful posts on to saying about, you know, because uh, you teach pilots, you test pilots in some way, but I got the impression that you're doing it like the little, the little aircraft, so I thought, you sound like you'd be a great guest, so welcome, Stacey. Thank you very much. So tell us a bit about yourself, what you do and uh, how you came to find Love Fly. Well, I'm a certificated flight instructor, which means that I have the capabilities and the certificate to teach people how to fly. Okay. Small aircraft, you know, your Pipers, your Cessnas, your single engine land aircraft. My full-time job, though, takes up most of my time as I'm a sixth grade science teacher. And (laughs) I took up, (laughs) I did take up flying later in life. I was 35 when I got my license. So I always thought it'd be neat to just progress as much as I could. I was already set in my regular career with a pension in place. So I didn't change careers, but I decided just to keep going with the licenses and the ratings. And I stopped when I got my flight instructor certificate. And my goal with it is to, to take kids up and to teach the kids and to give them just insight and as well as te- every two years we test you know not really i don't want to call it a test it's just a review where we check to see if pilots are still safe in the air and if they need extra help it's not a pass fail it's just we go up and fly some more and it's just more for it's more of a charity and more giving i don't really make a lot of money at it like some flight instructors that do it full time it's kind of like it's mostly in in for it for like the kids because we do take kids every month on free airplane rides and if they fly with someone who's a certificated flight instructor they get a signature in their logbook that will actually go toward flying oh that's very cool so how did you get started what what made you even think about becoming a pilot yourself when i was a kid i was really interested and then you know as time goes on you know i you know kid growing up in the 80s 70s and 80s <laughs> You know, my, my interest just kind of changed, you know, boys, you know, you know what I mean? So, but we really started it off again. I was 34 and I had my nine-year-old son and they have a program. The Experimental Aircraft Association has a program, which they call Young Eagles. And that's where we, they take kids up for a free airplane ride to introduce them to aviation and see if we captivate them. Well, my son went up and he was kind of like, eh, whatever. And I asked, I said, hey, do you guys take parents? And and this one guy said, hey, you know, we started talking and they, they said, hey, take this mom up. I went up there and and they let me fly the plane. She let me hold the controls. And I said, oh my God, this is it? I was obsessed. So you hooked straight away. Yeah, they call it the bug, the flying bug. And I got it, it, it was bad. Because that was a Saturday. Two days later, I'm on the phone looking for like, how am I going to do this? Who do I call? Which flight schools? Yeah. And I finally found a place and it was a great fit and started flight training. I was hooked up by a friend at the time and she said, hey, I'm going to introduce you to this guy at this flight school who's a really good instructor. Well, 
lo and behold, you know, we started flying. We did a lot. And, and that was in 2002 we started and, and more developed of it. He's now my, my other half. <laughs> oh, no, really? Yeah, flight instructor <laughs> student classic love scenario. <laughs> yeah oh that's brilliant <laughs> it is awesome so so t tell us a little bit about so where are you operating from at the moment i i where I, the airport i'm operating out of yeah it is it's a small airport in the san fernando valley which is los angeles area it is called whiteman airport it's named after a guy named marvin whiteman <laughs> and it it's a small community airport it is just the hat to me it's my happy place yeah it's yeah. you know a small airport it's like a community everybody knows everybody we do things it's just it was a perfect place to land and take off out of and because you didn't have to deal with so much of the uh, craziness at van nuys and burbank you know you go up there you fly you know the airspaces you learn the complex airspace but you don't have eight million jets flying around you and you're trying to learn yeah it was great i love the story okay so you you've gone along You've ended up meeting your partner there as well, and now you're flying, you're teaching. So what sort of things are you doing? Because you came onto the Love Fly group. I was curious how that happened. I went on because, you know, I was thinking about how there are a lot of people, including my son, who, you know, it's weird. He, he went on that first flight. He's kind of afraid of flying. And a lot of people are afraid of flying. I tell my sixth graders, hey, you know, we got this Young Eagles program. That's the kids' flights. And some of them say, oh, no way, I'm afraid. And so I was reading about phobias. You know, I got my own fears, you know. So, you know, I'm thinking about a fear of flying. That can be crippling because people won't be able to go anywhere, do anything if they want to see Hawaii or if they want to go to Europe or anywhere. Yeah, exactly. Their fear is going to keep them from uh, fulfilling the dreams of going elsewhere. Mm. I know people like that. They won't go anywhere unless they can drive. And so, you know, you, you're, hit, you're seeing it for, for youngsters. Where are they getting it from? Perhaps parents, you know, or maybe, you know, media. You know, in my generation, and I'm as you remember, 9-11 was a big thing. Mm. And it's still, and, you know, when, when there's a horrific accident on an airplane, the media, you know, takes it and it's just all over. Yes. Yeah. And so it does generate fear. Yeah. So that's, yeah. So you're seeing, so what sort of things do you find helps to reassure people about fear of flying? I've taken some kids up that were very afraid. And sometimes here, here's one thing that really frightens people. Turbulence. Turbulence, you know, when, when you get there, it's moving around, the airplane moves, shakes, shifts directions. And when people are up there, they get really afraid. They think that the airplane's gonna break apart, fall out of the sky. So I tell them, I say, you know, when, when you get into your car and you ever been you know, on a rough road or even four wheeling, it's moving a lot. The thing is with turbulence, and I think that's what scares people is you can see the road ahead of you, yeah. but you can't see turbulence. So the airplane's bouncing all around and you can't see why. That's, you know, when you, when you don't have clouds around, you know, when you go into clouds, you're going to get some bumps. But when you're flying in clear air, you're wondering, like, why is this airplane moving where I can't see it? Mm. And not being able to see something generates fear. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's a good point. So how do you get them past that? 
um, I just talk, I talk to them, you know, and I say, hey, you know, this is, if it were unsafe, we wouldn't go up. Because, you know, before we even get off the ground, we check the weather. And there are weather conditions that will prevent us. We have here in the Los Angeles and, and Southern California area called this wind called the Santa Ana winds. And they're intense winds. And you don't go up and fly in those winds. If you know the weather is going to be inclement, you don't go up. You just simply don't go up in a small airplane. And even, you know, large airplanes, there are certain conditions that will keep them down. I mean, here in Los Angeles area, we don't have snow, so we don't deal with that. But as far as wind and small aircraft, we'll just stay down. Because it's, it's, not, it, it, it's not pleasant. You know, I mean, <laughs> pilots won't go flying into hurricanes or tornadoes, you know, no, because they know it's coming. We, we check the weather. Yeah, so. exactly. So, you, so that's quite helpful. So you're talking about. I mean, the thing is, when you're in a little aircraft, they are little, aren't they? So, you know, these yes, they're cute. <laughs> but but yeah, you're going to move a heck of a lot more in turbulence than some one of those big whoppers, aren't you? Yes, absolutely. It's smaller. It's lighter. You're going to feel it more. So, do, so that's what about turbulence for you then? Have you ever worried thinking about the integrity of your aircraft or the physics of it? Do you ever think, oh, we're going to you, do you ever have you ever had that thought like we might flip upside down or something crazy like you that? You know, I'll tell you, there's been a couple of times. And I'll tell you one time in particular, as I'd mentioned in it just before, that we have this wind called the Santa Ana winds that comes up. High depth, you know, high pressure system forms over the desert and blows in into where we are in the valley. And it wasn't I was I was flying a little part-time job flying traffic reporters. And what you know, one of the other traffic reporters told the reporter in the plane I was flying, he goes, oh, the winds are so bad now they kicked up. They showed up four hours early. You know, they even predict when the wind's going to come. Well, didn't quite work that way. So I got back. I was on my way back. I just said, let's get back. Let's get back. Soon as I, you know, hit the city next to Burbank, oh, my God, the airplane was like all over the place. So I just said, okay, just do what you, you were trained to do. You know, I have this reporter behind me. He was nervous. You just pull your power out, get below what they call a maneuvering speed just to make sure, you know, you don't want to caused damage to the airplane and i the airplane was moving me i wasn't moving it and i was just like okay okay and i was nervous and i just wanted to get the airplane down so i landed at burbank airport which is you know an airport that has that lands airliners mm -hmm. you know and they kind of pushed out what we call general aviation not as much there so i'm in there with the airliners i just said wanted to come in and land it just, i just want to come straight and get this thing down and I was floating and floating and floating. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is <laughs> I was took up the whole runway and I finally just said, look, I'm, I'm landing and I just let it go quick. And I just want to get it down. Yeah. And that, that was one time I was really quiet, really, you know, I had yeah. a bit of fear, but I just said I have to just put my head down and do what I need to do. Yeah. I like you know. that. And so you 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 knew your training and that's yeah. what came through in that moment, even though that was beyond what I would say it sounds like beyond the aircraft limits yes and and you know those aircraft you know those Cessnas and Pipers are built with a lot of stability so you're not going to flip upside down I mean you have to almost try to do it you know so I mean you yeah, do, why would you yeah <laughs> yeah especially in a plane like that I mean that's not what it's made for right they're, they're training planes I mean they're nice planes are forgiving aircraft I mean nothing is completely idiot proof but you know <laughs> 
they they are a very forgiving airplane. Nice. They, it is. So you're, as you're in general aviation, which is an area that we don't have as much to do with in our group, but I've, we have got a couple of people that train pilots, etc. So you know we got a little bit of that. You know, Gita who will be listening to this, she's she's doing her pilot training at the moment. She's. I in, saw someone on there. I was talking with somebody. Yeah, yeah. She's uh, yeah. So, but tell us tell us a little bit about the general aviation approach to safety and you know, when you compare it to like when you get on a, on a flight on a normal aircraft what would you say is the same and what's different every aircraft before it's flown is you know you give it a pre-flight inspection you check everything you can on the ground whether you're flying a boeing or an airbus airplane to a 172 a Cessna 172 you're going to do a pre-flight you're going to run up your systems you're going to check to see anything that could go wrong on the ground to eliminate any risk so it, you know all airplanes will pretty much fly the same the same principles of flight you know in the bigger aircraft you got a lot more systems but in a smaller aircraft you know you, it's still the same thing whether you're flying like i said a huge airplane or a small one you're, you're checking all your systems to make sure everything's good on the ground you don't ever want to take off with any well we should be okay you want to be certain that everything's working before you take that airplane in the air mm -hmm. yeah so so that's that's before every flight then every so flight yes what happens in terms of the aircraft maintenance is it as regulated as commercial aviation yes we have well commercial aviation they're under a different you know category but what but as far as small aircraft we still have to have inspections you have to have an annual inspection where the airplane is, you know, they inspect the whole thing from, you know, nose to tail. They, you know, they have other systems checks that we have to adhere to. Just like big aircraft, it, it just, there's less to it, less parts, but yet the principles are the same. Everything has to be checked. You can't, you know, you cannot be out of compliance or you will lose your license. So the, the FAA is pretty, uh, Federal Aviation Administration is, is really on top of it. And they're all about safety. It's all about good decision making. I mean, flying is 80%, you know, being a good pilot's 80% good decision making and safety. You know, stick and rudder is great, but the other stuff is, is more important. Yeah. You know? So, so. What, what sort of checks are done on you, for example? I mean, you're testing other people, but how, how, do we, how are you tested? I mean, well, <laughs> we have like we still have to have a flight review too. Now, with a flight instructor's certificate, every two years we have to take what's called a flight instructor refresher course, and that is you have to go through and do all like the ground stuff. Okay? We do that on our own, you know, because you have to pass tests. But and then you go up and fly with another instructor. Then you go up and just do basic maneuvers. Kind of like what I do with other people. We just check to see there's a few key maneuvers that I want to see that the that people are good at. And it's mostly about safety. It is about safety. You know, so So what sort of, what sort of things when you say because um so I put I always put my hat of the nervous flyer listening to the podcast, going, Oh, okay. So sometimes I might get on a small aircraft and then I might see one pilot. And then I already know that that's different to commercial aviation where you tend to have right. 
you know, so so then they'll be thinking questions about safety that I can't even imagine. So let's take it down to when you say like you're testing a few sort of basics, safety maneuvers, what sort of things would that be, you know, for the for the lay person? Okay. Well, one thing we we always t- um, practice is suppose we were to have an engine out. It yeah. doesn't happen very often, but, you know, you always want to be ready. So, you know, we want to aviate, communicate, and put the airplane down in a safe place. I wouldn't want to sit here and go through all the steps to someone who's a lay person. So like, what? But, you know, we want to restart the airplane, see what we can, if we can restart it. You know, we look for a place to land and, and we just want to make sure if we can't restart, then we will just take the next step. Another thing that I always want to check so people are safe, if you are coming into land and all of a sudden say a truck drives onto the runway, uh-oh, or another airplane still on the runway, you can't land on it. You can't have more than one aircraft on the runway. So you execute what's called a go-around. Well, there's one part of a go-around that if you do it, it could be potentially dangerous. You know, when you land in the configuration of landing, you have your um, flaps, you put your flaps down. Well, the flaps are they come out of the back of the airplane out of the wings of the airplane they, they um, you know so you can get down quicker without increasing your airspeed so we want to make sure that they execute that properly you know you, you want to be a safe altitude and you retract your flaps increment by increment and if you any of these people here that are afraid of flying i recommend this is the main reason i want to talk to you is i recommend people with flight fears to go up in a small airplane, take a few flight lessons. They might get addicted to it. And I know a few people. I know a few people that had a horrible fear of flying and now they're like, and they're accomplished pilots. A lot of people are afraid because they don't have control. You know, and, and we don't realize that until we really break it apart. When you're in an airplane, you're not in control. I'll share with you something. I was born in Southern California, was raised in Southern California, and I've only lived in the state. We're known for our earthquakes. I am absolutely petrified, scared to death of earthquakes. And I've, I've like, cause probably because I experienced my first one at three and a half years old, and I remember it. It was a bad one. So I can't control the earthquakes. When that thing starts shaking, I can't say, stop. So I'm afraid of it. It's 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 one of the scariest things to me. If someone said, "What are you most afraid of?" I think earthquakes is near the top. Yeah. Or that, or, or getting a horrific disease. You know, it's you can't because there's no control. But if you go on a small airplane ride and you're sitting there next to a pilot in a very forgiving aircraft like a Cessna 172 or a Piper Cherokee, that guy lets you fly the airplane. You fly it. You turn it. You feel it, you move it. It, in a lot of cases, it will ease people's fears. Yeah. So that for you, then it's the kind of experiencing it and yes. giving you back a bit of control that does the thing for people. Yes, I think that I think that's a a great way to look at it. You know, because like I said, there's a lot of things we can't see up there. You know, you, you don't know when the turbulence are coming. So, and we discussed earlier, you, if you can't see them, you're going to be more afraid. 
But if you go up there, you know, and, and you just feel what the airplane does and you know that they're not going to hurt you, they might be a little annoying and uncomfortable sometimes, but they won't hurt you. Small airplanes and big airplanes, it feels the same way. It moves back and forth, you know, up and down, pitching and rolling and bouncing. So. Yeah. You, so you said very, so you're not worried about the strength of the aircraft, even though it's a little baby aircraft. I'm going to call it that just because I think it's cute. Um, they are. They are. And you're not worried about the integrity. You're not worried about the physics. Um, as far as now, again, like if you have some severe, with, we have a weather, if there's severe weather, which they call SIGMETs, significant weather, which, which applies to all aircraft, even airliners, you just don't go up. Um, certain maneuvers that you learn not to do, you want to, you don't want to have a lot of load on it. This is what you learn through your training. If you follow the rules, do what you're supposed to do and do what you were trained to do, you're going to be okay. Yeah. Yeah. So. Well, that's good. So what about engine failure? Because you, uh, you're going up in single engine aircraft. Yes. Does that ever sort of occur to you? Because I'm always like, I like twins. So I have to say, when I had some pilot lessons, I, I felt happier in the twin than I did in the single. Oh, even it's though I know that. it's safe, but I just yes. thought, oh, it's nice having that extra. But that um, doesn't worry you? Well, you think about whenever I'm flying, I'm always looking, okay, if my engine quits, I'm going to put this airplane here. Mm. I'm gonna, yeah. um, they glide. So for every 10 feet, that aircraft, the 172, flies forward, it will descend one foot if you have it set to your best glide of 65 knots. You actually got to pitch for your airspeed. Now, if you're, if you're pitching 65 knots, that's your best glide. You're going to go farther. Yeah. So, so that's what, you know, all the stuff we're trained to do. Now, unfortunately, I don't know if you want to, keep this off the record, but you know, sometimes it doesn't work out well. I mean, it's just like driving a car. There's, there's risk or, you know, I trust an airplane more than I trust a horse. You know what I mean? So, you know, but. Yeah. Well, I think the reassuring message, because we always say this with commercial airlines is that, and it's always a surprise to people. If you had, not that you, I can imagine losing all the air, the engines, but if you did, you'd glide and people can't get, can't get their head around that. Yeah. But it's the same principle for you as well. Yes. Absolutely. That's very reassuring. Yeah. It, now, I like to think about one of the greatest things that happened, you know, I don't know if you remember the the pilot, uh, Chesley Sully, Sullenberger, who landed oh, yeah, in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. He did everything right. And he, he had everyone on that plane survived. Mm. And that was just that was just to pilots. We were just, just tickled pink that he did what he did. He did what he was supposed to do, what he was trained to do. They tried to give him saying he could have land. He had, you know, engine power. He could have made it back to the airport and they tested and he could not have. He, that guy retired with dignity. And it's back to your point about good decision-making, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Yes. That's a classic of, you know, like considered, you know, training. And then good decision making, which is so. I'm guess you when you had the bug, do you th do you think you had a, a natural aptitude to be a pilot, or could you think any could anybody be a pilot? Um, I actually thought that you know, 
I wouldn't say I had a natural ability. I, you know, I was, I remember when I learned to drive, I was kind of a klutz. And I thought, oh God, what if I'm as bad of a pilot as I was a driver, you know, like bumping in it. <laughs> so, you know, but I think with maturity and, and I really wanted to do it. You know, I was a rare kid, a teenager. I didn't, I wasn't interested in driving. I was kind of like, oh, I don't want to do it. And then both aviation, I just wanted to do it. As soon as that bug set into me, I was reading, I was studying anything about it I could. Got my books, started taking ground school. You know, before I started flying, I started in with, um, you know, talking with people and just being at the airport and going on airplane rides. And it wasn't something was going to go away. <laughs> you were probably hooked, weren't you? Crikey. Oh, yes. You know, people get whatever it is they get hooked on. Whatever it could be. Anything from quilting to golf to bowling or whatever it might be. Yeah. And this was it for you. Amazing. So yeah, it... I, I find it, I love your stories. And when I think, you know, you've come onto the group voluntarily, you've obviously seen a lot of nervous passengers come through and you've been helping them. You've got the bug yourself. You've taught yourself to fly. So do you think you can go any further or is this you, you kind of settled where you are now? Well, you know, it's funny. I, you know, I am going to be 56 and I am a slave to a pension through the school districts, <laughs> but I think about it, it would be kind of neat. You know, I know they're in need of pilots, but if I were to change careers now, I said I would lose, you know, I would lose my, my pension for my job. And then, you know, I love it. And I, and I don't know if I'd want it to become work because when you love something so much, if I was younger though, I'd have to say I would do it. But, you know, now I'm, you know, I got a son and, you know, and he's married and, you know, there'll be grandchildren coming and I'm going to want to be around. So I just fly and I'm home that night, you know, so yeah, keep fun. it as, as fun. But again, What's as I the said, best bit I, about it flying for you that you're up there. Whether you're for me, else. you know, my favorite part is I'm a lot of people think, well, you know, it's you're in the air and that's great. I love being up in the air. I, I love actually controlling the airplane. I love like, you know, here I, I can do this to this airplane. It's like, wow, <laughs> you never thought I'd be doing this. You know, 22 years ago, I wouldn't think I'd be doing this. So yeah, and then being able to go places and you go up in the air and it's cooler. And then when you're flying and you see big traffic jam on the freeway and you're like, bye. <laughs> you, don't have to, you don't have to be in that. <laughs> like we get the worst traffic here. <laughs> yeah. Well, I always think that when I'm on my motorbike, you know, I go, I see traffic and I think, oh, yeah, bye-bye, go past yeah. it. But you you do even one better. You fly over it. Yeah. <laughs> but you're probably good. safer than me, actually. They want the motorbikes are more, much more dangerous. I'll be honest. When I see someone on a motorcycle and they go through, I'm always afraid. What if I don't see them? Mm. You know, I'd, I'd hate to hit someone. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's not the safest thing I do. It's not, country I know people. You're careful, probably, but you just never know what someone else will be doing. Well, exactly, exactly. Yeah, I, I am pretty. I am careful, but yeah, you're right. I've, I've, when I've come off my bike, it's. I wouldn't say it's from my fault of mine. It's from just somebody doing something crazy in front of me. Suddenly pulling in front, right in front of me, like ah, okay. And there's not nothing you can do about that. So you control. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, so you're so that's the best bit for you is of being in control and being able to do that uh -oh. the aircraft. 
Yes. Being in control, it, it feels neat to be able to do that. You know, all the studying paid off and all the work and being able to, to control something, you know, because like I said, people are afraid of a lack of control. Maybe having that control will help with the fears. Now, now you live in the big city, you in London? Just outside or? London, yeah, that's right. I've always wanted to visit. My husband is English and Welsh and Scottish and Irish. <laughs> so kind of need to go there. Well, and the you, you, you've, you've got your own transport, so you, know, you could a few and, stops along the way, <laughs> and you'd probably make it. <laughs> I'd have to be refueled in air. <laughs> yes, well, sure it could be arranged too. I just think it's great like growing up when i you know i'm i'm probably a lot a bit older than you are same growing age. up you're really well I, I you know grew up and you know listening to like richie blackmore he's my favorite guitar player deep purple like, he's just all those english guys i'm like ah, yeah <laughs> yeah please come on over yeah come on over we do it we'd love that so I'm, I'm gonna push you then for a kind of a, a wrap-up kind of question sure. um People are listening, scared flying. They might they might have to go on some sort of general aviation little flight, and they think, oh, but, you know, and that might worry them, you know, because sometimes you do your big airline that worry them, but then you get to somebody somewhere, and then you have a little island hop, and it could yes. be an aircraft just like yours um, with somebody like you. What what could you what would you say to them to to reassure them in terms of not to be scared? If they, you know, if they're afraid of, if they're fine with the big airplanes and not the small airplanes, I would tell them, you know, it, it flies the same. It's just smaller and slower. And, and, you know, if it's just you up there in front and no one else, I would have them sit up there with me and I would have them follow me on the controls and say, this is what it is. This is, and, and they can, you know, the thing about little aircraft is you don't see the guys up front in a big aircraft and no. a small airplane, you see what we're doing. And, and I would tell you what we're doing. You know, you're climbing and, you know, you've you know, you ever been on, you know, on a big airplane and the airplane's climbing and you reach your, your, your cruising altitude and the captain pulls the power in the airplane goes, and you hear the engine slowing down. Somebody might think, oh my God, what's happening? But there, when I have people up there, they'll say, okay, I'm, I'm pulling the power. The airplane is slowing down. That is me. I'm, and I'll show them right there. And, you know, the throttle is, you, you use your hand, you push it in and out. You pull it out and the airplane, the RPMs will reduce and they'll know that that's me doing it i talk them through it so when they go on a big airplane those same sounds or anything it'll go oh okay yeah and, you know i mean some people might need a little more than just that it depends on the phobia or the what causes it you know like i don't think i'll ever not be afraid of earthquakes i mean so i'm wondering if there are some people that would probably need some more intense you know some like what you're doing you, you do like therapy am i right coaching i do coaching people yeah. coaching we have right. got a therapist works with us but yes i do coaching which is like because i believe that people are normal and they don't not everyone needs really really intensive so it can just be that we've got ourselves into bad habits and and it can right. be for example you know it's different things for different people but yeah i generally believe people are very resourceful normal capable and they just just need a little bit of help yeah i believe you're right hmm. and people are amazing and, you know, i've seen thousands of people that have beat their fears and 
So I'm constantly amazed at the resourcefulness of humans. Right. And people who might be a mum who take their kids for a flying lesson and end up as a pilot. <laughs> it just this goes is... to show anything's possible, you know? Yeah, and, and the thing is, my son was nine, and what it was for was the Boy Scouts. And they say, you know, because they have an aviation badge where, you you know, you do, you know, go up and fly and get a little, some, you know, ground lessons. And and so that's what they did. I wasn't in charge. So I, I almost thought, you know, it seems like here's something funny. I know we're getting ready to close, but I almost was like, do I take him on that? Because my parents were like, we don't like little planes. We only like big planes. Those things are yeah. dangerous. Oh, I hate those things. <laughs> I've heard that my whole yeah. life. Yeah. So yeah. I almost was thinking maybe I should. Maybe not, you know. And then I took him, and he was like I said, he just was with his friends. And he was like, oh, "Okay," went up, came back, and it didn't get him, but it got me. <laughs> yeah, and I've what I find what I love about that is you had no clue whatsoever that was going to happen. No, I didn't. I had no idea. I woke up at August seventeenth. 2002 my grandmother my late grandmother and her twins birthday you know i they were i lost them already um it was their birthday and i just it's like i just remember that's how i remember the date and went to take them that day and came home like oh my god <laughs> that's all i could think about i was my brain was spinning <laughs> yeah oh, so. amazing stacy yeah, that was absolutely brilliant thank you so much for that thank That's... you for having me and i'll be and, on thank you for joining the love fly group i'm really I'm really chuffed to have you in there your uh your tips and stuff and i know that the general aviation thing has been a question that people uh, have had for a while so you you might get a few questions coming your way in the group just to warn you but thank you so much i'm very grateful i'm grateful and thank you paul it was it was a pleasure no thank you come to england oh i hope so <laughs> <laughs> Gotta win the lottery. <laughs> Take care. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Love Fly podcast. I hope you're finding it helpful with your fear of flying. Now, if you do need some extra tailored help, you can go to our website, lovefly.co.uk, and click on the courses button. You'll find more help there, such as our 30 day program and our on demand webinar. Thanks again. See you next time.